Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Thursday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. A lot to get to here in the 11 a.m. hour on this Thursday. Thank you so much for being with us. A quick look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, in just moments, we'll talk with Jason Delaney. He's the head coach at Cathedral High School in Indianapolis. He also is very involved uh, in the EYBL with the Indiana uh, Nike affiliate team, the Gym Rats. And, of course, he's the coach at Cathedral of a player and a big-time prospect named Xavier Booker that uh, we've talked about for a year or so on this show, but he's really blowing up on the national stage, and Coach Delaney is going to join us in just a few moments to chat about that, his uh, real real rise in the national rankings, and he's getting all sorts of scholarship offers. Uh, his recruitment has reached a what we call a national level. There's no question about it, and Coach Delaney will join us here in just a few moments. Also, later in the hour, it's Thursday, so Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall is with us for the latest on IU basketball. We'll talk recruiting with him. We'll talk the Big Ten Conference and some important decisions for the conference were made yesterday with players exiting the NBA draft by the deadline of 11.59 p.m. last night and some players staying in the draft, which could change the outlook of the Big Ten and really perhaps help the Hoosiers to be really at the top of the conference next season. So we'll chat about that here in just a few moments. Also, later in the hour, we'll be joined by Chris McIntyre, the longtime New Albany baseball coach. The Bulldogs won their first sectional championship on Monday, Memorial Day, uh, since 2016 and have a big challenge ahead of them playing host Jasper in the opening round of the Jasper 4A Regional on Saturday. So Coach Mack with us a little bit later in the show today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line is open as always. We love to get your questions, comments, topics. You can sound off uh, just about anything you want to send in. We'll get it on the air. That number, 502 414 1450. Again, the text line 502 414 1450. Thorntons, you can download the Refreshing Rewards app today. 
for great savings every day on fuel. And uh, really easy to do, just search for Thornton's in the App Store. All right, first guest today, Jason Delaney of Indianapolis Cathedral. Coach, you go from a 4A state championship season uh, to a very busy spring and summer. Now I know you're getting ready this month to get back at it or probably already are with your cathedral team this month with some high school games. But Xavier Booker is the main topic today, Coach. You've really seen him rise in recruiting and in rankings over the last month or so. His recruitment uh, here in recent weeks, Coach, has hit a whole new level. Yeah, it has. I mean, and, you know, I, the thing I talk about Xavier to people all the time is how much respect I have for him and his parents. I mean, it didn't come, you know, quickly. Uh, there was work that had to be put in, and he was willing to put that work in. And in this day and time when, when people are so quick to up and transfer, uh, you know, they believed in what we were doing, and he believed and, and kept telling, and telling me and the coaches to, to coach him hard and ask for that coaching, and, and now he's reaping the benefits of all of this. And I, I couldn't have more respect for him for that. He deserves everything that's coming his way right now because he's put the work in to earn that, and he's had the humble attitude and the servant attitude and willing to sacrifice. And, and you know, and that has been the greatest thing about him is seeing – you know, the joy on his face. I, I talk about after we won the state championship, seeing them, him post the picture of him holding the trophy with the sunglasses on because his personality <laughs> started to come in. To me, that, that's the cool thing, to see him laugh with teammates and, and, and others. And now to see his growth, you know, when we started, and we had about, you know, two, three weeks off from the state championship to, to spring workouts, and we graduated some major leaders. And so you, you come into the, that first morning and you don't know, how it's going to go because are we are we just complacent with winning the state championship? But you walk in and nothing to change. And Xavier is one of those main guys leading our young guys now. He's doing it. I mean, we do sprints. He, he's trying to finish first every time. He's going really hard. He's talking to the younger guys. So to see that maturity and growth, like, that kid has earned every great thing coming his way right now. Great stuff. Jason Delaney, the coach of Xavier Booker at Indianapolis Cathedral, joining us here in segment one today. Coach, we're going to talk more about what he's been up to and, and how he maybe helped his national ranking with some of these big spring events that he participated in. But obviously I want to start recruiting-wise with schools. Where do you think Indiana stands with Xavier? Uh, what are maybe some behind-the-scenes stuff that you can share about the relationship with Coach Woodson and assistant coaches that have been most in contact with him and you and his family? Um, you know, I think they're they're in the mix. I mean, just like a lot of teams. Um, you know, I, I don't hear from them as, as much as I do from some other schools. And um, But, you know, that, that's the part of the recruiting. You know, sometimes you hear from them, sometimes you don't. And, um, you know, they're landing some great prospects right now. And, you know, uh, you know, I, there's been some other schools that have kind of lived here a little bit more. Um, but that's why, you know, you have that recruiting process where you take visits and you, you have that time where you really get to know different coaching staffs and stuff. And so, I mean, IU is, is building powerhouse down there with the recruiting. Um, and, and I know Xavier is a, a piece of what they would like to have. And so, you know, just they continue to build that relationship. Jason Delaney, he's the head coach at 
Cathedral High School in Indianapolis, joining us here talking about Xavier Booker today. What what has the spring looked like for Booker? I know now he's getting ready to play with your Cathedral team this month. He's got a lot of additional grassroots basketball ahead in the month of July, uh, but he's had some big opportunities here this spring to showcase himself in front of college coaches. And then recently he tried out for the USA Basketball, I believe the under-18 team down in Texas and got a chance to spend a weekend with some of the best players in the country. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I appreciate coach Mike Saunders and, and his, you know, George Hill program, because, you know, they're not on the circuit, but he's done his best to put Xavier against the, the top competition that he can. And, and uh, you know, Mike is a guy who cares about Xavier and, and, and is trying to develop him as well. So I appreciate, you know, that AAU aspect of it too, uh, but, but Xavier, just you know, the final final cut of, of USA basketball. I mean, that experience of knowing that he can play at that level, and I got rave reviews about him from the college coaches that were able to go down there and watch. And so it's just it's adding momentum. Uh, we he can't got back last uh, yesterday. Walked into our workouts, and everyone was excited to see him. And uh, he'll play with us this weekend over in Cincinnati when we go to Princeton and play against some state finalists and, and really great teams um, over there from Ohio, Kentucky, and Michigan. And then uh, he'll, he'll fly out um, and go to Pango's camp uh, the 5th through the 7th, and then he'll be back with us for the, for the next uh, stuff that we do in, in the All-Star game on Wednesday. Um, and so he's got a busy month. Uh, you know, we've got uh, team events that we're going to do, and then at the end of the month he's going to go to the NBA Top 100. And then, of course, July, a lot of great events as well. But he'll have more opportunities to do stuff with USA Basketball because he did so well there um, at their camps and in their tryouts. Coach Delaney, you obviously have seen Xavier's improvement. You've been part of that. You've watched his recruiting very closely as well. Six foot eleven. can you compare him to anyone currently uh, in the college game, or can you talk about how you see his game uh, with more experience in another year of high school basketball translating to the college level at the at really the high major level? Sure. I mean, he's just such a versatile threat, you know, and, and I've been blessed to be around some really big, you know, big time uh, talent at, at that kind of at that position, starting with Trey Lyles, who I thought was kind of the first one to be that point forward that handled it and shot it and, and, and did a lot of things. Um, you know, I've been around Trace Jackson Davis coaching him with Indy Heat and, and, and many other guys. Um, but, but Xavier just brings that level of versatility. He, he can pass. He can handle it. He shoots it at a high rate um, from the three-point range. Um, and he's getting so much better defensively that we're able to switch everything. And that's kind of the expectation. And, and as we preached, uh, the more that you can do, uh, the more valuable you become. And so he, he did a great job this year of being able to get switched on the point guards. And, and we played great competition, and, and he was able to guard that. Uh, he was able to block shots and rebound. And I thought really during our state title run is that, that second half of against Arsenal Tech, all of a sudden it just – that uh, potential. You know, people talk about potential, but you actually the, – the ability was unleashed. And he hasn't slowed down ever since then. And so, you know, I just think that's what's so intriguing about him. Because usually you have some big guys who, who don't shoot the ball or you have a big guy who can, you know, knock down a set shot. Well, Xavier can kind of put all that together. Now you, you add in being able to handle it and being able to defend 
uh, different positions. I think that's what makes him unique because not every guy could do that. And I, that's kind of what I heard from USA Basketball as well. You had some post guys who that's strictly what they were, you know, pick and roll guys or post guys. And But he was able to do so many different things. Talking to Jason Delaney, coach at Indianapolis Cathedral, uh, about Xavier Booker, a big-time prospect in the class of 2023 uh, here in our state. Coach, uh, uh, obviously uh, a state championship year for, for you guys, and Xavier was a big part of that. Was there any point at the season, his junior year, where you kind of saw a switch flip and him elevate his game to another level, which obviously has continued once your state championship run came to a conclusion. He's done the same thing this spring. But thinking back about the couple times I saw you guys play live last year, there seemed to be some different levels of him. Was there a moment or a situation where he really took it up maybe permanently? Uh, And I would agree with you. I mean, uh, you know, last year, uh, you know, during the regular season, it was learning for him. I mean, for the first time, uh, he, he was relied on, you know, instead of being a piece, like we relied on him to do things. And again, the, the, the level of competition that we chose to play and continue to choose to play, it's going to test you. And, you know, and so I thought, you know, there were some, some great moments, some struggles, and that's part of the process. But I would have to say he got in foul trouble the first half against Arsenal Tech in the sectional. And that second half, he comes in, and, uh, and 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 all of a sudden, it started with a putback dunk, and he scores 17. He's hitting jump hooks. He's hitting, you know, all kinds of things. He's he's getting out of oops. And that's after that is when everything changed. And you, you see him against uh, Ben Davis in the regional championship, um, and he just again does all these different things. Uh, I would say that was the turning point for him, where he just it just all clicked for him. Jason Delaney, Indianapolis Cathedral coach. Uh, as far as Cathedral goes, uh, you mentioned you're headed to Cincinnati later this week. It's uh, high school summer league opportunities ahead for the next month or so, including some periods later in the month where you guys will play in front of college coaches. And I know your your games will be jam packed with players, uh, with coaches, I should say, looking at Xavier and some of your other players. Uh, but have you come down off of the high, coach, from? a 4A state championship. We had a chance to talk with you, I guess, last, right after your team had reached that high pinnacle in our state. What's the uh, what's the, uh, the last couple months been like, and are you still on that state championship high? Uh, I think the, the high lasts for maybe a week. And then, uh, you, you realize everyone, uh, you know, those, those workouts start in the spring, and everyone is sitting there to try to dethrone you. I mean, everyone's aiming at what you what you have, and they want to be where you're at. And so you've got to change it real quickly. You got to get that mindset of you know it's it's great we accomplished something, but now how are we going to keep ourselves here? Because winning will move on without you. Winning's waiting for the next uh, determined group uh, to capture it. And so we've got to be that determined group. And hearing from college coaches how Xavier uh, continues to talk about his, one of his big goals is to repeat. Like that's, that's amazing to hear as his high school coach. And so, as I said, nothing changed when we got into workouts, all these guys are just fantastic kids. Like we don't have attitude issues here. We don't have, um, we don't have a lot of those things. And that's why I think we're champions right now. And we got to continue to work and and we just got done in the weight room. Uh, We'll be back on the court tonight. And, you know, this summer is going to be learning. We've got to replace some key places. Um, you know, especially at the point guard position. I mean, anytime you lose Tayshawn Comer and then you lose Jackson Edwards and a Jaden Malachi, those, those three guys contribute a lot. And then our three seniors on the bench who just brought 
intensity every day to practice and thankfulness to be a part of it. Uh, we got to replace some of those things. And that's kind of the, the fun part of this summer, too, and early season is to, to see who steps up. And it's how do we mix this group? Because we returned four top 100 guys in uh, Jake Davis, Jerron Tibbs, and uh, Xavier Booker, those two in, uh, junior Indian All-Stars, and then Sincere Germany. And now you've got guys like LeBron Goff, who will be a sophomore. Can he fill that that point guard position, which we believe he can, Derek Canaday, and we've got some other guys that we've been really impressed with here early on. Uh, but that experience is going to be big, and uh, you know I'm, I'm currently building our schedule for next year. We'll head to fly into the hoop and um, a lot of other showcases, and, and I think, I mean, our, our schedule will be even more tough than it was this year. Uh, and you know, a guy like Xavier, you've got to you, you want to you want to showcase those guys. You want to put them on a schedule to where everyone's going to see them. You want those big-time matchups. And so we're building that schedule as tough as we can. We may play more out-of-state schools than we do in-state schools next year. But that's just the, the way it goes uh, when you're trying to play the best competition. A lot of talent moving through the Cathedral program right now. Coach Delaney, our guest coach, before we let you go, you've been a great resource to our show, our listeners, because in addition to your duties as the head coach at Cathedral, you're also involved in the administration side of the uh, Indy Heat, the Nike EYBL program in our state. And a lot of discussion about the EYBL this time of year when we're talking about recruiting and who Indiana's following. And, of course, last weekend, Memorial Day weekend, the EYBL was just across the river in Louisville. There were some great crowds, a lot of talent there, a lot of fun to see some of those guys and teams up close and personal. Uh, what, a, what a circuit, and I'm hoping that we can catch up with you a little bit later in the summer if you're going to be at the EYBL for some updates from there. But just a great collection of top talent in Indiana that the Indy Heat team you're affiliated with is. And, man, to go to those circuit stops four or five times a summer, a spring and summer, and to see that sort of talent go against each other, it's just a – it's the best thing going, really, in so many ways in grassroots basketball. Yeah, and I, and I got to spend all weekend down at Louisville last weekend and watch all that talent. Um, got to watch 17s, 16s, 15s, um, just just low to a talent. And uh, even, you know, in our Indy Heat program, such great talent that's going to go to different schools and, you know, uh, see some of our younger talent. It's just exciting to see that level uh, of competition. Jason Delaney, our guest, talking about Xavier Booker and other topics today. Coach, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us here in southern Indiana. It's great to catch up about Xavier, and maybe we'll talk again uh, around the time of the Peach Jam here in July. I appreciate you having on me. And, and then also, just as we close today, just like to keep uh, Harold Bennett's uh, family in thoughts and prayers of everybody. Uh, he, he lost his life last night, and he played for us with the Indy Heat program for two years with when we had Trace and, and Keon and, and those guys, and just really sad that, that he lost his life such a young age last night. So if everyone could keep uh, his family, thoughts and prayers, uh, we'd appreciate it. Coach, I appreciate you mentioning that. That's been making its rounds on social media. For listeners that may remember the name but can't put a face or a school to it, can you tell us a little background on where he played high school basketball? I know he's definitely a name folks would remember from that time with Trace. Yeah, uh, he played at Christmas Addicts, uh, just a huge smile and charm and just a great young man who uh, worked really hard for us. And, you know, when we had those two Indy Heat teams that went to the Peach Jam, uh, the 16s that lost Sharif Cooper 
in the final four um, by three, and then Trace's uh, senior year uh, when we when we got made it to PCM as well. Like he was a he was a major force, especially defensively. He he was willing to sacrifice, um, and and he was a big time scorer addict. But for us, he, he did the point guard and played great defense. And again, just a great kid to get to know off the court with a with a smile that just made you made you light up uh, because of of how he uh, he handled himself and, and how he had that impact on you. So, uh, yeah, just a great kid. Thanks for bringing that up. Coach Delaney, Cathedral with us. Coach, uh, have a great June. We'll talk with you again in July. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much, Matt. Absolutely. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with segment number two. And Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, he's going to join us for the latest on IU basketball. Plenty to talk about this offseason. The Hoosiers getting some really high marks. And yesterday was an impactful day for the Big Ten Conference with some decisions that were made about who's coming and who's going. We'll talk with Alex about that next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. Welcome back to our Thursday program. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall will join us here in just a moment. A reminder, the Thornton's text line is always open during the 11 o'clock hour here on our program. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. And high school baseball from the regional round will be on the airwaves Saturday uh, 11 a.m., New Albany at Jasper taking on the host Wildcats. A very tough challenge for Tucker Bibbon and the Bulldogs. In fact, later in this hour, Chris McIntyre, the head baseball coach for many years at New Albany, will join our program. Alex with us now to talk the latest in IU basketball. And Alex, let's pick up where we left off in the last segment with recruiting, talking about Xavier Booker. And of course, you were at the EYBL in Louisville for a bit over the holiday weekend. You had a chance to talk and write about some of the prospects that Indiana will be watching here in just a few weeks when live periods open back up. Yeah, it was a nice setup. I'm sure you, as you're well familiar with uh, the Fair and Exposition Center, Matt, you get all those courts under one roof. And I went out on Saturday afternoon, spent uh, some time out there and had a chance to talk to uh, Cohen Carr and, and TJ Power. We had another reporter there that did an interview with uh, with Arrington Page, and also have a story coming up probably later this week, or early next week, on Brady Dunlap, uh, the West Coast wing who's trying to earn an offer from Indiana. And, you know, the EYBL is is unique, and just the the competition level uh, is really uh, unmatched in terms of other grassroots events. You get all of these top players under one roof, and you really get some some high-level games and a chance to, to check out some high-level players. In the course, in the in the instance of, of Cohen Carr, it was his really return to uh, competitive basketball after a, a hand injury sidelined him for quite some time, and he was just really impressive with his athleticism, 
uh, how active he is, how hard he plays. It is first actually saw his first game back, and he's uh, really just about 85, 90% uh, still trying to work his way back into things. And TJ Power, uh, the DABC uh, forward who uh, recently completed an official visit to Virginia, is hoping to get on campus here uh, in Indiana really soon. He's another guy that uh, really impressed me. A uh, good shooter, uh, very active around the, the, the rim and, and the paint, and this really plays hard and always seems to make the right play. So those two guys uh, really stood out to me. It's not hard to see why Indiana's in pursuit of them, but Indiana can be a little bit more selective, I feel like, in 2023. They've got already two commitments, and I think they're obviously looking to fill some spots in the front court and on the wings, and I, you know, I think they're going to have some, some really good options uh, to choose from here as the summer goes along and you start to see some official visits scheduled. I think it'll be a busy uh, summer on campus, and as we extend into fall, it's always a good time to get guys on campus in Bloomington to see uh, to see a, a football game and also uh, just get a feel for how things are in Bloomington. Alex Bozich inside the hall, my guest. Alex, good news for IU fans yesterday, and it had nothing to do with the IU team or coaching staff. Uh, Michigan with two key departures uh, that are going to forego college eligibility and give it a go with the upcoming NBA draft. So uh, Michigan still should be good. Hunter Dickinson is back. That's huge for Coach Howard and the Wolverines, but some good news for others in the Big Ten uh, with a couple big names not going to come back next year to Ann Arbor. Yeah, Michigan is going to have a lot of young players. Uh, obviously, the, the front court will be good with, with Hunter Dickinson, but their guard play is really going to be uh, a question mark for me uh, going into next season. They added a, a transfer from Princeton. Uh, and they got some other freshmen coming in who are talented. But as you know, it's hard to really win at the highest level in college basketball when you're relying on all newcomers. Uh, I do think they're going to be a formidable team by the end of the season. Uh, they were really a team last year that a lot of people picked, myself included, to win the Big Ten and never really put it all together, although they did uh, advance the furthest in the NCAA tournament of any Big Ten team. They, they were talented, but I, I think both of those guys, Houston and Diabate, really could have benefited from another uh, year in college. But in the, in the uh, case of Houston, it sounds like he got a, a guarantee that he was going to be picked by a team uh, somewhere in the late first, early second round. And Diabate, I think, betting on his just his measurables and his uh, upside that the team's going to want to take a chance on him and bring him in and maybe you know put him down in the G League or uh, develop him over time. I think long-term he can project to be a, you know, a, a player at the NBA level, but both of those guys have a lot of work to do in terms of the development, but it, it certainly does help uh, Indiana and other Big Ten teams that Michigan lost both of those guys because had they come back, I think uh, the Wolverines probably would have been the favorite to win the Big Ten. Alex, any other big news in the Big Ten Conference yesterday with the NBA draft deadline passing last night at 11.59 p.m.? Any other surprises as far as uh, players staying in the draft or last-second changes to pull back and go to college? No, I mean, I don't think anything was too surprising. Uh, Pete Nance pulled out of the draft and is going to stay in the portal, so he's obviously uh, a guy that could uh, help Northwestern a lot next season or he could go somewhere else, and we're not sure exactly uh, which schools he's looking at. Uh, it's possible he could obviously transfer within the conference. Uh, so he, I think, is kind of the one name uh, that's really still in the transfer portal from a Big Ten perspective that 
uh, is notable. But beyond that, you know, most of the decisions were already well known. There's a ton of Big Ten guys that are going to be picked in the first round, uh, maybe five or six uh, in total. Uh, a lot of high high level talent uh, leaving the league. I mean, I, I'll say the one guy that. I was surprised, didn't even really take a chance in, in terms of going to the combine or doing many workouts was Chris Murray of Iowa. I saw him ranked as high as a top 40 on some of those big boards, and he didn't even really test the process. He's going to come back to Iowa. I think he really solidifies them as probably a top-half Big Ten team uh, moving forward into next season. Talking with Alex Bozich, InsideTheHall.com, at inside the hall on Twitter for his coverage of all things IU basketball. Alex, thinking about incoming freshmen in the Big Ten Conference next season, is it possible that Hood Shafino and Renault, uh, both coming to Indiana, maybe are the best two incoming freshmen uh, to the conference next season when you look at things across the board with all teams? I mean, they're the highest ranked uh, in terms of best or biggest impact. I, I don't know that that will be the case because Indiana returned such a high percentage of its minutes from last season's team. I don't. Obviously, I think both of those guys are going to have roles and play minutes, but I think some of the other Big Ten teams that brought in highly ranked recruits and recruiting classes, namely Michigan, Illinois, and Ohio State, I think there may be more opportunities there for guys to put up bigger stats as freshmen. And so while those two guys may project long-term as being the best players or being the highest ranked, I'm not sure in terms of actual impact and statistics uh, they're going to be uh, the most impactful of the incoming Big Ten players. But certainly, uh, I think both have a chance to be all Big, all Big Ten uh, freshman-type players next season. But if you're asking me if they'll be the most uh, statistically impactful, I'm not sure I would bet on that. Alex Bozich inside the hall, my guest today. Uh, Alex, keeping it with the Big Ten Conference for next season, I know that your father, Rick Bozich of WDRB, recently joined you on your podcast, uh, podcast on the brink on the Inside the Hall website. And you guys talked about the breakdown of the conference for next year now that IU and really all of the rosters are, are basically set for, for next season. Uh, where, mm-hmm. where, where do you, where, where does your father as well, where do you guys have IU next season as far as when you look at the conference? I mean, I think they're right in the mix. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard for me without seeing exactly what every team is going to be. I mean, they're, you know, I mentioned that the rosters are mostly set. I, you know, look at some of the teams, they do have a roster spot or two left to fill, and there's still guys in the portal. So I think you're still going to see some additions here uh, as the month of June goes along. But I think Indiana is right there in that top tier of teams. Uh, I'd also probably put Purdue uh, somewhere in there, Michigan State, Michigan, and Illinois, I think are the teams that I'm really looking at right now as being the class of the league. Uh, and that's not to say that there's not other teams out there that could, that could get into that mix or maybe somebody that we're overlooking. I think Iowa and, and Wisconsin kind of fit that category last year. But when I look at the most complete teams, those, those teams that I mentioned, Indiana's definitely in that top tier. It's just hard to say for sure, uh, you know, if they're the favorite, I mean, I think Bart Torvik has them. I think it's 12 nationally right now. Illinois at 13. I think you'll see uh, most projections will have Indiana somewhere in the top three or four. I think a lot of people will pick them to win the Big Ten uh, next season. I think still the shooting is the biggest question mark for me. Did they address that enough? Do they have the guys on the perimeter and the wings that can consistently make plays? Because we know what we're getting out of 
Xavier Johnson at the point guard position. You know what you're getting out of Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson, but who else steps forward and, and offers that you know reliable wing scoring, wing shooting production? I think that's going to tell the story of where Indiana ultimately ends up in the Big Ten. Alex, you, you basically answered my next question with the conclusion of your statement there. Now that the roster is set and the offseason work really begins uh, conditioning and, and otherwise for this team, you know what what is the biggest concern? Because there are a lot of positives. There are a lot of returning players. The freshmen coming in are really good. Uh, is shooting by far and away the biggest concern you have about this team for next season and their ability to maybe win a Big Ten championship? And is there anything else you would put – on your list of concerns or things that need improvement this off season? I, I mean, I think that's definitely near the top of the list or at the top of the list, depending on kind of what your prioritize. I just think in general, Indiana offensively last season lacked creativity. Um, I think they were too heavily reliant on post touches. Now I'm not saying that they're not, they're going to change that up and uh, play totally different, but you know, they were, the ball went inside and uh, when it came back out, I mean, they got a lot of open shots last year. Uh, they were really good at creating good looks. They couldn't knock them down. So they've got to diversify the ways that they score. And I think that start, starts first and foremost with three point shooting. I think they need to become a better free throw shooting team. And I think, as I mentioned, they need some guys to step forward and take on bigger roles and become more consistent. I mean, Trey Galloway is a guy who's been unable to stay healthy, uh, for you know most of his career at IU, I mean, I think he's a guy that can really provide uh, a lot of production and energy off the bench or as a starter. But he's got to be able to stay healthy. Tamar Bates showed flashes last season as a freshman, uh, but was inconsistent. Can he make a leap forward? Jordan Geronimo sounds like to me he wants to play more on the wing, maybe play the, the three position. Is he going to be able uh, to handle the ball well enough to do that? I think the talent, I think the pieces are there, but I think this is a critical offseason for several of those guys that I mentioned. They're becoming upperclassmen now in terms of experience. Um, uh, in, in the case of, of Geronimo and Galloway, Bates, I think, was uh, a bit underwhelming last year as a freshman based on where, where he was ranked. Obviously had some, some circumstances uh, beyond basketball that may have had uh, an impact there, but uh, like I said, you got those big three that you know what you're going to get from, but what happens beyond that and who's going to fill in those uh, those gaps in terms of being able to uh, produce consistently. Uh, you can be a really good team with three consistent players, but if all of a sudden you have five or six guys that you can count in on a night-out basis that are talented, I think you can have a chance to be a really good team and a special team that can, uh, you know, advance deeper into the NCAA tournament rather than just making it. I think the goal now has to be we've got these, these pieces in place and we, you know, we got to have a goal. If we want to get to the second weekend or we want to get to the elite eight or, or beyond. And I think, I think Indiana has the talent to do it, but now it's, it's up to them this summer, what they're able to, to do in terms of off season games and, and putting the, the guys in the right spot and, and, and uh, enabling themselves to, to, to have a better team next year. And, be more consistent because I think this last season Indiana showed that they could be a really good team, but it was just so inconsistent and they really put themselves in a tough position down the stretch of the season, having to win all those games and postseason play. I think, you know, fans would like to see a, a team next season that's way more comfortably in the tournament and a team that's, you know, competing for a top four type of seed in the NCAA tournament. 
Alex, on a more broader note, I guess, uh, with the 11:59 deadline for the NBA draft last night, we can talk not only about the Big Ten with more clarity, but really college hoops as a whole. And I saw Drew Timmy uh, of Gonzaga making an announcement last night that he's back. I think all five of their starters initially declared for the draft, and only Chet Holmgren is still in the draft. The other four have announced they're coming back. So the Zags going to be right there in the top of the mix, I think, for preseason national championship contenders. But my point bringing him up is this. Uh, Timmy is returning for his fourth year of college basketball. Trace Jackson Davis is coming back uh, to IU for another year of college basketball as well. Are we seeing uh, already NIL help college basketball as far as keeping borderline or good players in college hoops as opposed to taking a risk for money and if it doesn't work out in the NBA you've got the G League or overseas to fall back on is that the underlying result here you think is it NIL causing so many guys to to pull out of the draft and come back I think that's part of it um in the case of the guys you mentioned I mean I just think the the reality is that they're not NBA players right now um I think if Trace Jackson Davis would have been told by a team hey we're going to pick you in the second round and we're going to give you three or four years of a guaranteed contract he would have been gone but that obviously didn't happen and so with these guys that are big names that are really known college players Oscar Sheebley is another one at Kentucky um Maybe they're fringe NBA players. In the past, they maybe they would have rolled the dice and gone, but now they have this opportunity uh, to earn some NIL dollars. So obviously they're going to come back. And I think it's a, it's a win-win for uh, the player and, a, and the school uh, because you're able to kind of bring back a, a, you know, a talented guy that you can build around. And the player isn't kind of having to go into an unknown situation of, you know, am I going to get picked and sent to the G League? Am I even going to have a roster spot? I mean, they, they – they can come back to school, they can earn some money, uh, continue to develop, and then give it a, a, a go um, the next year. But I still think, you know, with the, the guys who are clear-cut first-round picks and guys that are going to get a promise from a team, I still think it's far more lucrative and more beneficial to go to the N- NBA for their, their long-term prospects. But I, I still, you know, moving forward, I think with these French players and these guys that are maybe not NBA players, uh, it's going to make a lot of sense for them uh, to come back and take advantage of that uh, that NIL money. Alex Bozich, Inside the Hall. You can visit the website, insidethehall.com, at Inside the Hall on Twitter. Alex, always appreciate your time, your insight. We'll uh, We'll talk again next Thursday. All right, Matt. Thank you. We'll head to a commercial break. Switch gears in the next segment. Lots of local teams moving on to high school baseball regionals this weekend. One of those teams in 4A are the New Albany Bulldogs, winners of a very, very tough sectional last week. Coach Mack, the longtime Bulldogs boss, is going to join us in the next segment. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back on this Thursday program, and we're going to talk some high school baseball in this segment. Lots of locals with success over the weekend 
at the sectional round. One of those, New Albany. They win the 4A sectional up at Jennings County. Always a tough one. And Chris McIntyre, the New Albany baseball coach, is with us right now. Coach, before we can look ahead and chat about the regional coming up on Saturday, take us back through last week. A really tough week, but a good week for your Bulldogs a late night win over Floyd Central. You came back Saturday, another win over a rival in Jeffersonville, and then closed it out on Saturday, or excuse me, on Monday uh, against uh, Bedford North Lawrence. A good week for the dogs. Uh, yes, it was. We <laughs> played some good baseball over the weekend. Uh, you know, you go back to last Wednesday, and, um, you know, we, we didn't get started until about 10 o'clock at night, and game got over with at midnight, but. Uh, you know, we got a just an unbelievably well pitched game by Tucker Biven, and we scored just enough because boy, Floyd Central is really good and they're hard to score off of. And then we uh, got a good win against Jeffersonville. We um, um, really almost every pitch in the game seemed like a game was on the line, even in the first inning. And uh, both teams left a ton of runners on, and it was a long game. I think it was approaching almost three hours. Uh, so, but that was a tough game. And then. Um, thing I was worried about with the Bedford game, you know, even though you're in championship game, we'd been beaten two of our rivals and you just hope you're not flat. And I thought, I thought we were a little bit tight in, in that game, but, uh, we, we were able to score a couple runs early in the game. And then of course, Tucker continued to pitch really well. And so it was, uh, it was good for our guys to be rewarded for all the work they've done. And, uh, they've been a good group to work with all year. And it was good to see them have that success. Coach Mack, I want to talk a little bit about Tucker Biven in a moment, but, You've coached a lot of games, a lot of big sectional games over the years as well. Have you ever been involved in a game that went as late, or maybe I should say early the next morning, as what the New Albany Floyd Central did uh, on that Wednesday night? No, not even close. <laughs> uh, really, once the game got started, you didn't think about it. But uh, I will tell you one thing that was strange. Usually when you start a game at night, it's at least a little bit light still, and you know the lights are on, but you still get a little bit of the sunset. But it was pitch dark when we started that game. <laughs> and uh, once the game was going on, you didn't give much thought. But uh, once you got on the bus and realized it was about 12.45, you, you know, everybody, was <laughs> everybody was pretty exhausted. Absolutely. Chris McIntyre, the new Albany baseball coach, my guest. Let's ask you a little bit more about Tucker Biven. He pitched two big games for you, the Wednesday low-scoring uh, rivalry tight game against Floyd Central, and then, of course, the championship game on Monday as well. He also had some big hits. He's playing really good baseball, maybe the best he's played at New Albany in the time that you would expect a player of his magnitude to, his senior year, the postseason. Uh, he's really put it all on the line here in recent weeks especially. Yeah, and he's really – played well the entire season uh you know he's hitting around 480 and what people don't realize is he's hitting 480 and he and he seldom sees a strike or he seldom sees a fastball so you know he, he's hitting pitches off the plate and he's having to hit off speed stuff so he's not getting the same pitches that a lot of people get and he's just had a tremendous season and then pitching wise he started the season a little bit slow but what people forget you know he played basketball so he he wasn't able to ramp up as long as as, as somebody not playing uh, a winter sport and uh he just has really he has just kept get getting better and better each outing and and really i, I he, he just hasn't pitched any better than he's pitched in the last two or three weeks 
Coach Mack, another big challenge for your team coming up on Saturday, that first game of the regional for you guys. You'll take on the host team, Jasper. I know that's a team you play in the regular season. In fact, uh, for years, you've went to Jasper every year to play to give your team a chance to play in a big environment on a field that hosts a lot of postseason baseball. And they're a really good ball club. You're going to see them for a second time this year on Saturday. Yeah, I've always gotten a lot of questions about that. Like, why do we go to Jasper every year? But all these years that we've been doing it leads up to a moment like this. Uh, you know, it, it is uh, it's a unique place to play high school baseball. They're going to have a big crowd there. It's uh, just a, a, a unique setting. And uh, if you're not ready for it, uh, you kind of get caught up in the surroundings of everything. But, uh, you know, we, we – uh, we did play them early in the year, and there was a good crowd there. They were honoring last year's state champions, and then they were also honoring their 1997 state champions. And so huge crowd there, and we didn't respond real well that night. It was kind of cold, but that's neither here nor there. We just didn't play very well, and, and I'm sure that Terry Gobert's telling his team the same thing, that that, that score really doesn't matter uh, going into this game. So at least our guys have experienced. Uh, they've got a little bit different field in and uh, I don't think they sell uh, lawnmowers in Jasper because their <laughs> grass is usually about a foot tall. And so that is a little something to to get used to. But our guys have been there, and so they know what they're walking into. Uh, and I do think that will help us. Coach, how about the postseason? And this is nothing new this year, uh, but this sectional that you just won, it's really good. There's lots of good pitching, lots of good players, coaches like yourself that have been around the block for many years. And now you win, and your prize is a regional that's even tougher with Jasper, the host team good every year, Mooresville. Yeah, they knocked off uh, Center Grove, and, and they're right behind them in the rankings at number two in 4A and other good teams as well. Just a really tough postseason to come out of this part of southern Indiana, not just this year but in recent seasons as well. Yeah, at the 4A level, when you get to the regional, there's not a bad team. You know, I think Columbus East is, you know, in the other half of it, and they're 15 and 15, but they start three kids that were starters on a state runner-up team three years ago. I mean, so it's not like they're chopped liver at all. Mooresville has, you know, they were undefeated most of the season and, and beat uh, Center Grove last week, who's been ranked number one all year. They beat them in the sectional. And then, of course, Jasper, I think Jasper's, they're on some kind of streak where they've won, like, I'm going to say 45 out of the last 47 games, 48 games over the last two years or something wow. like that. And and they, uh, you know, they're going to be tough to handle, but um, our kids play with a lot of confidence. Um, you know, we know what we're up against. And, um, you know, I I like our chances just as well as anybody else. I mean, you've got to, you've got to make sure you make routine plays. I mean, it's, it's the same formula for everybody. Two out hits, throw strikes, make routine plays. And, team that does that the best usually going to win in baseball absolutely chris mcintyre long time at new albany baseball coach coach it was a lot of fun to see all of those sectional games last week and the regional should be just as good if not better thanks for coming on today and good luck this weekend i appreciate it matt thank you very much all right coach mack with us today as the dogs get prepared for uh, a very tough regional should be a lot of fun i know a lot of people from this area uh, that maybe haven't even been to a baseball game this year are going to trek down to Jasper on Saturday. Always a neat community to visit, some good restaurants, good places to visit. Home of the Indiana Baseball Hall of Fame, which is on my list. I've, I've never uh, seen that. Obviously, the Basketball Hall of Fame in Newcastle, I think we all know about that. Many of us have been there, but 
the Baseball Hall of Fame located in Jasper. So a good trip to make, and best of luck to New Albany. Assume Tucker Biven will pitch that morning game against the Wildcats uh, on Saturday. That should be a great pitching duel as well as just an overall great baseball game as well. And again, John Spears will be filling in for me on Saturday. He'll have the full play-by-play story of that game. The first pitch is scheduled for 11 a.m. Eastern time, and John will be on just before that around 10.50 or so with pregame coverage coming up from Jasper on Saturday. Then, uh, depending on New Albany's success or not, we'll figure out the rest of the day. You've got Silver Creek nearby at Southridge and that 3A regional. Providence down at Bossy Field, historic Bossy Field in that regional hosted by Evansville Modern Day. And, of course, we've got a couple 1A clubs playing as well, so we'll see who fares the best coming up on Saturday. We'll be back with you Friday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.